You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 1. We have finally made it to the third season the NHL season starts tomorrow, which is Tuesday. We are recording this on a Monday. The New York Rangers season starts Wednesday, where they play back-to-back games. They're at Washington, then are home against the Dallas Stars. Andy, I know we are excited. It's finally here. So I have to ask you, for the first time in Season 3, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Exciting times. Like you said, uh it's finally here the nhl regular season uh, after and we spoke about it at our last podcast after the years of retooling and rebuilding and trading away the last semblance of the previous uh rangers obviously not dynasty is way too strong a word but you know just the those that Rangers team that had such a successful string of runs to the postseason, you know, although ultimately coming up short, uh, it's a new era and it's the new NHL regular season. And the Rangers seem like they're geared up and they're ready to try to hit the ground running. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the Rangers coming into this season. This is the first time in a long time. I feel like that the Rangers have ex- expectations uh, either from the fan base and just from, you know, the NHL media and just there's a buzz around the league to see what this New York Rangers team can do. Uh, you know, we've kind of spoken about it, all the expectations. We expect the playoffs. We expect them to be able to perform in the playoffs. But, you know, one of the themes that we've spoken about, Andy, is that with such a young team, with bringing in NHL-ready guys, things that we were lacking, right? We brought in some grit. We brought some toughness. Uh, you know, we've, you know, we've taken care of some of the needs that we were lacking for the last couple seasons. Now, one of the main things that the Rangers have not had is a captain. And we spoke about this a long time last podcast and the New York Rangers made an announcement. Now you said you wouldn't bet any money on it because you're smart, Andy. And I said, you should bet money on it because I am not smart, Andy. Would you like to tell for anybody who has not you know, been privy of this news yet, 
Can you tell tell us what the New York Rangers decided to do? So the New York Rangers have decided going into the 2021-22 NHL season, the captain of the New York Rangers will be no one. They're going to have uh, alternate captains only. And not only are they going to have alternate captains, they're going to have uh, six of them. Was it five or six? Six. 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 They're going to have six alternate captains. And this obviously uh, went over like a fart in church with with the Rangers uh, fan base because there's been all this talk about a captain. And then Gerard Gallant uh, says to the press and the media, like, yes, we're going to, Chris and I talk about it daily. We're going to we're going to have a captain. We'll make our announcement. So everyone's waiting and everyone speculates. Mika signs his big ticket contract, his extension that the Rangers are most likely going to announce it on Monday. Uh, so Monday comes and then it trickles out that coach Gallant says he will address the captain's Rangers captaincy at after practice. So it's like, all right, here we go. Strap in. And then I think it was Vince uh, says, I'm being told the Rangers have decided not to go with a captain and to go with six A's uh, for this upcoming season. So again, obviously, uh, after all the speculation and who's it going to be, and it felt like it was going to be time finally, they decide to just again kick that can down the road. And obviously now it's going to be on and. You know, Gallant, when asked about it, gave some half, you know, he just gave some coach answer like, oh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I ultimately, Chris said at the end of the day it was my decision and this has worked well for me in the past. Uh, and I've ultimately decided that I think this is what is best for us. This is what we're going to go with. And the guys agree, you know, they're all leaders in there. And that's the thing they keep, they keep bringing up, bringing up this, we need, 30 you know whatever 31 32 leaders in that locker room and i guess they're taking that quite literally and they're going to make everyone an assistant captain and in lieu of a captain and you know i i'm of two minds of it because i have said before that i do think ultimately you know captaincy can be a little overblown i mean the rangers the most successful run they've had to the you know the only time they went to the cup final in the last since 94 uh they didn't have a, they traded their captain away early in the season so but they clearly had good leadership and they brought in brought in a guy who was a captain of his own team and they kind of fought, rallied around him and then Lundqvist in itself was such a de facto captain we all knew it um so yeah i i mean i i'm gonna start by asking you what did you make of this non <laughs> having six alternates and what do you think the reasoning is behind this I immediately thought, because of the number of six assistant captains, I immediately thought of one of my favorite animated movies, um, uh, The Incredibles, where the villain has a famous quote where when everybody's super, nobody is. And that's what I kind of feel like with the Rangers. It's like, everyone just gets an A? Then there's no meaning behind the A. Like, we're just throwing A's on with a rotation. So we know who's designated uh, and allowed to speak to the referee, if that's even still a rule, I I think it is, but you know, I just, it's kind of a joke, you know, and I, I really don't like it. And it really bothers me only because you told us that there was going to be a captain named and that it's one of those things that you thought was important. 
And then now all of a sudden, the tide has completely changed the opposite direction where you're like, well, no, this is actually, this has worked for me. This is what we're going to do. You know, we want, you know, 32 liters in a locker room, blah, 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 blah. You just signed Mika. You got the fan base excited. Unless this is some sort of sick joke that the management and Galan and the New York Rangers are going to pull on their fan base. And then maybe opening night at the home opener, Mika skates out there with the C. I am hoping that that's the case because if that is, that's pretty cool. And, you know, they got you, right? But if it isn't, dude, I don't, it's just like, I don't know, Andy. I'm, I'm really honestly speechless. And, you know, I, I, I was up super early this morning. I worked a long day. I'm exhausted, if you can't tell. I, I don't need this, you know? I really, really don't need this. He gave me good news with Mika yesterday, which I really also want to get into. And now you've kind of destroyed it with the whole captaincy. Now, Andy, this is where you come in. You got to kind of talk me off the ledge and pretty much convince me that this isn't as big of a deal as I'm making out to be. Yeah, you know, I it's one of those things because I'm I've, obviously once the, the news hit, I was very perplexed and flummoxed and a little bit angry, and I was like, "Well, what, what gives?" So I spent much of the day trying to psychoanalyze what the reason for this might be. Uh, part of it might be the fact that Gallant who he keeps mentioning him having success. And when he says that he's mostly speaking about taking the, the first year uh, golden Knights to the cup final and the fact that they didn't have a captain and that they were all rallied to lead together. And that worked out well for them. And I guess he thinks that this is what this team needs. So you don't know, it would, it would be really interesting to be a, a fly in the wall in these, these conversations between Turk and, and Chris Drury and just, hear what they might be saying is it do they not think that the the candidates quote unquote are good candidates are they afraid that a a Cryder or a truba might require a buyout at some point do they think that that mika despite being the popular choice based on being a quiet guy is not a good candidate do they want it to be one of fox or lafreniere but they just think it's too early and they're just trying to like i said kick the can down the road do they want to give all those guys who are in the running an A and just see how it shakes out. Like if it emerges as one guy, you know, really separate himself from the others, that type of thing. Um, I mean, the only thing I don't want to interrupt you here, but the only yeah. thing I can possibly think of is that they really, really, really have their heart set on giving it to Fox or a Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Yeah. And I, I was thinking that too, because that's, again, it's like at this point, they've had so many chances to give it to Kreider. They've had chances to give it to Zibanejad and they haven't done well, it. I mean, this was the chance to give it to yeah, so, like, I mean, I feel like you now, you can't even give it to him now because <laughs> now it's just like, well, now the fan base is dictating who the captain is. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, listen, this again, if this ends up being like they a swerve, like they'll, they'll have no captain when they go to um, when they, you know, when they play game one versus Washington on the road, but then one of them will skate out at the home opener with a C on their chest. It'll be like, cause obviously you can't, you can't fool anyone anymore. So doing this, it's almost like we tricked you like just a surprise. So that would be pretty cool. But again, that would, if, because it's the fact that I said the word cool, that there, there's no way they're doing it because it's the New York Rangers. That's not how they operate. They're just, 
they are what you know they they build your expectations up and then they just kind of do something from left field that leaves you going what why they uh, why they do that instead of this cool thing they, they should have done you know so i don't know i mean but again listen i it might end up it's one of those things that it's like the fan of me wants wants a captain and kind of wanted mika to have the c but then again if maybe it is what's best for this team i'm not i don't have uh an ear in that locker room and i don't have my finger on the pulse maybe maybe that yeah maybe it's just that they're looking for all those guys to step up and it's a lot of pressure to put on one guy especially if you put it on mika and it all comes falling on him and now they kind of feel like you know especially with guys like goodrow getting in on the action getting an a too it's all the sun it's like you'll have your leaders and that'll you know more leaders to go around and maybe that'll I don't know. Maybe it's a, it would, they just thought it was a better opportunity to do that. So just get more, elevate more guys to to take leadership roles seriously, and then maybe next season if, see what they have this season. Because again, there might be trades. They might, who knows? I mean, we we've pretty much stuck a fork in the Jack Eichel talks, but you never know. Something could happen. Uh, it could be another guy, maybe a Tom, like a Tomas Hurdle or something. All of a sudden, and then they trade one of those guys. So you just don't. You don't really know. And I don't know if, if it's flexibility or for just one of those things where they ultimately felt they didn't want to, like we talked about, they want to give it to one. They're set on giving it to Adam Fox or, uh, you know, once they get him extended or or Hell Lafreniere and they just feel like he's not there yet. You know, it's just a little too early. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't really know why, but they did. And this is how they're going. And in the interviews after practice, no one really seemed too upset about it. So again so maybe it is overblown but obviously the fan of me is a little a little disappointed absolutely i mean at this point anything goes jack eichel's on the board uh a crazy trade to get him barkov i even at this point you could even tell me that there's rumors that the rangers might be pursuing Sidney crosby and getting him out of pittsburgh at this point nothing's off the table uh there's no captain in new york and i'm kind of lost and today was not the day to do this to me and so i'm gonna Show one last bit of uh, frustration um, and just say, you know, as a fan, extremely disappointed in the New York Rangers decision. But ultimately, I don't know. It just seems like has a team won a Stanley Cup without having a captain? Uh, I, I, I can't recall. Obviously, Vegas came close, but they didn't win. So winners have captains. Captains lead winning teams. And and here we are with six A's which basically means nothing at this point. I really do want to get into something else that was also bothering me. You know, season three, episode one should be positive, right? You're starting a new season and here and this, I'm just, it's all negative, Andy. So I'm, we're just going to go right into it. Uh, there's a Benajad contract. Seems like everyone hates it, but apparently everyone knows what's best for the New York Rangers. Everyone could have done better either in negotiating term and the amount of money, or they would have been able to swindle a deal that cost us absolutely nothing to bring in Jack Eichel or Barkov. It just seems like nobody's happy with this contract. And this is why I don't go on Twitter, specifically New York Rangers Twitter, because all it is is just negativity and everyone else basically playing you know how they say Monday morning quarterback, but it's like Monday morning GM for the New York Rangers. It's just 
Andy, what's going on? Like, why are people flipping out? Yeah, I. it's weird. Hockey fandom now, specifically in the age of, it's almost to the point where if, unless you absolutely fleece a guy in terms of giving, uh, you know, getting a real, getting them at a real good number and real less term, it's like, yeah, I mean, they got Zabanajad at a very favorable number, which I'm sure it's not what you want. I'm sure he wanted more. Than, he wanted probably eight years, and he probably wanted a lot. He probably wanted like something million or whatever. But you know, nine. You know, he probably wanted north of nine million or around that number. Uh, and he also wanted eight years. And they probably said, "We do not want to give you eight years. We and we maybe don't want to give you that number." And they, I guess, whatever. It, but it was clear that Zabanjad wanted to be there. I mean, it. He's spoke about it before. It's not. It wasn't a well kept secret that he loves it in New York. After the contract was announced, his wife tweeted out a little anecdote where she had asked him about, you know, do you want to be in New York? And he's like, Yeah, I love it here. I like one day I want to take my kid to Madison Square Garden. I want him to see it. Uh. And yeah, I think it's just clear as day he loves it here. So, and he also wants to win, and he's on a team that's on the upswing. So he thought he's like, listen, I for me at the end of the day, the eight years, the security is the most important thing. So he agreed to move that number down to eight point, the AAV down to eight point five from whatever he was at for the to help the team out. So that way, even though he's going to be here, that they had every year they would have, you know, a they'd have more money to work with. And the team said, all right, we can do that. And I think Larry tweeted out like, which most, which makes sense. And it's honestly probably how a lot of hockey men think there. I don't think they're worried about then. Cause if you don't, if you're a GM and you don't win in the first, I don't know if you don't have success, like, like real good, unless you're uh, David Poyle, like if you don't have like any real tangible success, in like five seasons, especially with Jim Dolan as your owner, you're going to be out in your ass anyway, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's not his problem. He's just like, he's got the number good. So he's going to have money to work with every year. Eichel, maybe he was in their plans, but they probably saw the medicals and they probably saw the cost and it just wasn't happening. And it's like, do you keep going down that road or do you just say let's just move on especially because we've talked about this team wants to hit the ground running so yeah they do that and i mean instead of take the takeaway from this should be that mika's Banjad wants to be here the team got him they have him for a long time yes will that contract age gracefully who's to say you know maybe the last few years are going to be rough you don't know if you'll have compliance buyouts you don't know if it's going to be one of those things where they'll have to package a pick to get a rebuilding team to take it who knows but Again, every team has has bad contracts. I mean, yeah, I I do think that it sucks that some of the gambles they took on these they took these gambles on players like Trubin and Kreider because I don't have a problem with the Zabanaja deal as much as I have a problem with those two because those two are yeah those are, those are the egregious ones because it's like you know Mika Zabanajad is in rarefied air in that he's you know I think he's in the top ten point producers of centers over the last three seasons. He's his goal. I think he's close to the top in goals per game over the last three seasons, you know, and he's in his prime in terms of goal scoring. And he's a guy who can realistically net you 40 goals or 35 to 40 goals consistently for the next few seasons, if healthy. So he's the guy who's worth it. You know what I mean? So I don't Rangers fans, like you said, they're they're never happy. And unless you flat out 
you know, uh, leave a guy just in nothing but his dress socks, then it's a bad deal. And which is ridiculous to me. You can listen, you can have concerns. You can say it's one thing to say, oh, you know, you know, I'm obviously concerned about the talent of that contract. But some people on Rangers Twitter and just on hockey Twitter in general are acting like this is like Drury is like destroying this team and ruining it. And, you know, and I, listen, I understand the concern about the long term th- contracts with Kreider and Truba in a similar boat. But but I don't even want to hear it, it, it from is Rangers what it Twitter is. because everyone was kissing Kreider's butt. Everyone wanted him here. They thought it was crazy to trade him away for a second round pick to Boston. I wanted him gone. I knew exactly what you'd get after out of him. It's just, you know, I think the Kreider experiment just didn't, you know, it, it didn't turn out the way everyone thought it would have turned out where you got a consistent player that was able to, you know, bury home a lot of pucks, be that net front present, you know, uh, be a guy that, you know, has no problem banging bodies in the corners. Like the, the Kreider experiment has failed and it's great and all that. He went after Subban and, you know, you want to, you know, he wants to beat his chest and now all of a sudden be a leader. It's just that it's like, it's too little too late. You should have been that player since, you know, game one. And I don't want to hear that, you know, oh, I was the rookie, you know, I'm the young guy. It's like you never even developed into a leader. I never even really, the only reason I thought that he was going to be made captain is that the Rangers kind of were trying to sell you like a false bag of goods. Like all of a sudden Chris Kreider is one of these leaders. It's like, no, the guy disappears for, 15 games at a time he's not he's not a leader like leaders don't do that so I don't know I I just think you look at that contract that's an awful contract they're gonna have to get out of that and they're gonna have to get out of the Truba contract now I will say this though and I've had this I'm had this inkling this weird feeling that once the Rangers get into the playoffs and that could be this year that playoff Truba could become a force and I say that because the game of hockey changes in the playoffs. It's more physical. The scumbaggery is in full effect. There's clutching. There's grabbing. And you're going to want a guy that embraces that type of style. And I think Truba is one of those guys that can handle himself in the corners when there's a, you know, there's a bit more of a grind to the game. And that's why I always think that because we haven't really seen Truba in the playoffs. Not with the New York Rangers. So I think this year is Truba's year. He's really got to step up. And I don't expect much out of the regular season. Let him go through the motions. He doesn't need to produce offensively. He just kind of needs to be that steady presence. You know, maybe that that leader on the bench, you know, when things get tough and on longer road trips and, and stuff like that. But, you know, when playoff time comes, and it will come this year, when it comes, he's got to step up. He's got to be that physical force. He's got to be the guy that kind of clutches and grabs and plays that game right back to the opponent. So although the contract sucks, let's just see what we have in, in Truba this year. Because you know what? When it comes to playoff time, it might be a dollar well spent. Ultimately, though, in the long run, in a few seasons, that $8 million or whatever it is at that point is going to be crucial in you know being able to sign other younger players so the rangers are eventually going to have to buy that one out or again trade it away with the pick find a team that is willing to kind of take on that little bit of contract so that's where people should have been mad they should have been more of an outrage then 
It's just like, now here's one that's not even really that bad. And now you're taking out all your frustrations now. And that's frustrating me, Andy. So it's gotten, gotten to the point where it's a little bit silly. Hockey is back and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper, a deft deflection, or just cleaning up some garbage in front of the net. However they light the lamp, you win. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 in any hockey game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you big wins with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, and listen, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it is kind of frustrating. And, I mean, I'm not trying to get you even more frustrated, but another thing that came out today was that uh, Vitaly Kraftsoff was assigned to Hartford along with Morgan Barron, so not making the, the lineup at least for game one. Um, I mean, how did you feel about this? What was your take on this? There's all, there's lots of theories flying around and I just wanted to see how it made you feel. Um, I honestly didn't really put too much effort into all of this. I didn't know if it was one of those things where remember when they put Kako down to Hartford for like a game or two or something for financial reasons. I, I didn't know if it was one of those. I saw it, I read a headline, and that was kind of it. I didn't take too much stock into it. I'm kind of, I honestly forgot about it until you just brought it up now. <laughs> um, and, you know, my reaction right now is kind of like, listen, Kraftsoft look good, but we also have players that might be better than him at this point. And instead of Kraftsoft playing on a third or fourth line and playing 12 minutes, well, he can play 20 minutes in Hartford. So, you know, you kind of have to, you know, see the good and the bad in, in this situation. Is it bad that he's not here? Yeah. Is it disappointing? Yeah, of course. But ultimately, we're here to develop these younger players. And if it's in his benefit to play 20 plus minutes down in, in, down in uh, Hartford on a f- first line, then, you know, ultimately, you got to look at the bigger picture. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup here. We're not trying to, you know, uh, put together a roster based off of our, our feelings and our, our bias because he's a first-round pick. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like I said, so obviously they dropped the Rangers within minutes of, of announcing that they were had six A's. They announced that Kraftsoff and Morgan Barron have been assigned for Hartford. There is speculation that these could simply just be uh, paper moves. The Baron might go to Hartford that crafts off. It's just because players like if you wanted to send a Tenorti down or a, a Libor Hayek or a Gautier, they would require waivers. And so they went with a roster that was, you know, 23 man roster that was compliant. Uh, 
and you know this is also holding on to to Nils Lundqvist and that Kravtsov doesn't require waivers to be sent down. So it was just simply a paper move. They said you're you're staying you're staying in town. You're traveling with the team. We're just doing this on paper while we figure out uh, or we find a trade for a Libor Hayek or a deal to get rid of some of these guys that are going to be spare parts. So that's a speculation. I hope that's the case because I do think Kravtsov is is an NHL player and is deserved. And I like what I've seen from him. But at the same time, James, you make a very uh, crucial point that the Rangers, you know, I think at, at, their, at what, the, what the Rangers are trying to do under Gallant and his identity, Kravtsov is, is more of it's that top six mold and there is simply no room there for him. I mean, you know, between Kako, Lafreniere, Kreider, for whatever reason, because his team wants him there, uh, you know, and Panarin, it's just it's it's there's no opportunities for him up there. So it was on the third line. And I mean, they're about to they're, <laughs> this. Everything this offseason has kind of been joked that it's all been uh, to for when the Rangers face the Capitals and Tom Wilson again. They're facing him game one. And lo and behold, you know, they they have Tenorti and Nemeth on the third pairing. Reeves is, is going to play. He's healthy, I guess, healthy enough to play at least. And, you know, Julian Gauthier, who, uh, who also had a pretty good preseason just in terms of just keeping it simple and forechecking. And that's, I guess, that's what they're going to live in. That's the Gerard Gallant special, right? It's just heavy forechecking fast and simple hockey co- to- uh, causing turnover. So this is going to how that they're, they're going to roll. And there's a very good chance that Kraftsoff could play against the Dallas Stars uh, at the home opener at the Garden yeah, that's on Thursday. Important. And, point. and like I said, this was just simply a paper transaction, but we just don't know. So, like you said, I ultimately at first I was like, because I, I, you know, I was already knee raw, knee jerk based off of the announcement of the the six A's, and then they announced that, and I was like, what is going on here? But uh, I, you know, it might be much ado about nothing. But I guess we, this is one of the things we'll have to see because obviously, if if uh, Thursday comes around and he's still not playing and he clearly isn't Hartford, it, yeah, like you said, it'll, I guess it'll be good for him to be there. But I think just based on the problems he had last time, he was uh, sent to Hartford from the when he thought he was going to make the big club. You you can imagine the Rangers fan base being a little bit nervous about how, what type of uh, effect this would have on his, you know psyche or just his his uh, his confidence so I, I no matter what i hope they just pulled him aside and they had a very uh, you know concrete uh transparent conversation about like whether listen this is just a paper transaction and you're gonna play this game or uh listen like this is what we you know there's simply this is how we see you and there's simply no room right now so who knows we'll see well I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you. And, you know, at the same point, you know, if this is just a transactional move, again, knee-jerk reaction from Rangers Twitter, it's maybe the worst place on earth right now is Rangers Twitter. It's just like no one can ever be happy, you know. The, forget what Mika Zibanejad has done over the last few seasons. It's just never good enough. So um, I, I do want to end on a positive note, Uh I don't even really, you know, I, I wanted to kind of get into you know, Kako and Lafreniere and just like, you know, the steps that they might take this season to get myself all riled up. But uh, but honestly, I, I kind of want to just, you know, the stand. I want to bring up this point. The standings are back to normal, right? The Rangers back in the Metro, um, you know, and then they have the Atlantic 
and then it's the Western and Cent- or Pacific in the uh, in the in the West. Now that the you know the standings are kind of back to normal, you know we know who we're battling, we know who we're up against, right? Yeah, you know you have the Pittsburghs, you have the Washingtons, you have the Flyers and Islanders and Carolina, right? Those are the the big dogs that we have to worry about. I don't think. I really don't think the Devils and Columbus, although they'll be annoying to play against, I just don't see them really fighting for a top three spot in this division. Uh, ultimately, uh, I see a lot of disrespect going towards the Islanders, which makes me worry. I always said that they're going to be on a revenge tour this this uh, this upcoming season. I pencil them as the number one team. Uh, I just don't see how uh, a team that really hasn't taken a, any steps back they still, you know, they still have Trotz as a coach. You know, they're going to be there. But the Rangers and that number two spot, is it's really up for grabs. And this is, this is the positive light that I'm going to bring to the end of this podcast is ultimately with Pittsburgh and Washington, with their age, with some of the injuries that they're battling, with the Flyers' inability to be consistent and, you know, just having AV there to kind of ruin that team and deteriorate it into nothing. I really do think that this second spot is really up for grabs. Now, Carolina is going to be a tough team. They're very well coached. They have a lot of dynamic players. Again, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough season playing against those. But the Rangers ultimately, not in the playoffs, but they tend to play well against Carolina. They have a very good record. I know that dates back all the way to when Lundqvist was playing, but you know I'm confident in the Rangers being competitive and edging out a Carolina Hurricane team. So basically, you know the Rangers and Islanders are going to be right there in the one or two spots, and that's something you know to be proud of. And you know the expectations we've spoken about are there for this team, and I don't see why we can't have. Uh, the number two seed in the Metro this year, Andy. Yeah, no, I don't see why at all. And again, for years, a few of the incumbent teams in the Metro, like the Penguins and the, um, the, you know, the Capitals that we've been waiting for them to fall off. And those are two teams that are dealing with injuries right off the bat. Alex Ovechkin, I believe is out uh, for game one. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. And then, um, I think they said Nick Backstrom has been dealing with lingering injuries and Crosby's wrist is hurt. So he's might at least miss the first week of play and Malkin's going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. And those teams are just getting older. So, and like you said, I think uh, the Carolina, the last few seasons, everyone's talked about their, their, their defensive depth, but they've kind of gotten worse. They lost, they basically lost. Yeah. Their goaltending is real sus. They lost Dougie and they replaced them with Tony D'Angelo. Uh, and, you know, D'Angelo might, might be a good offensive player, but he's not a good defensive defenseman. And he's definitely not nowhere near as good as Dougie Hamilton. And yeah, like you said, they, their goaltending is real sus. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But again, they have a, a very talented forwards who look like they might be ready to take yet another step forward. So, and they're well coached, so it could happen. But at the same time, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be as good as they were uh, the last couple seasons. So we'll see. Although they they were golfing with Harry Styles today, apparently. So um, that you know, who knows? Might, they might get the the, uh, the Styles uh, bump to start the season. We'll see how that goes. And yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this when this episode drops, uh, 
Thursday morning, you will have seen, uh, my guess is you will have seen the Rangers play their first game versus the Capitals. And who knows how they will look? I, James and I, I can't, I don't want to speak for James, but I, I hope they look good and raring to go. And just by looking at the lineup and what they, they plan on running, they're going to have, uh, Kreider, Zabanajad, and Lafreniere, or excuse me, Lafreniere, uh, Kreider, Zabanajad, then Panarin, Strom, and Kako. And then, uh, you know, Heedle centering uh, Goodrow and Blay, and then Dryden Hunt with Rooney and Reeves in the fourth line. And then, like I said, Fox, Lindegren, Truba Miller, and then uh, Jared Tenorti and Patrick Nemeth. So, yeah, they're, they're, they want to bring the big boys out and they want to play a heavy game and they want to forecheck and they want to set the tone. And that's what they're looking to do. So, I, like I said, I spoke about this in the last podcast in our season two finale. They, I think they're really looking to just you know, out of the, out of the gate, hit the ground running and just establish their new identity. And almost even if they have to fake it till they make it, I think they really want to just jump on teams early. And there's teams, a lot of these teams are dealing with issues and are older and are have injuries. So it's the opportunity is there for them to jump all over them and try to maybe get some points here early. So even if you have some injuries down the road and have some rough patches. And like you said, you're going to have different call-ups and experimenting and trying different things out. But yeah, I think Gallant is a, and is a coach who his, you know, he's had success and just his players stick to his pretty, the closer they stick to his system, the more success they have. And it seemed, especially in, uh, in his time in Vegas, the more maybe they brought in skilled players that they maybe got away from the things that made them successful, much like the Islanders. And that's how, why, you know, they were still a very successful team, but they just maybe were taking little steps back here and there. So, but when they adhere to their identity, they're a good team. So, well, I guess we'll see, but uh, unfortunately I don't have a time machine, so I don't know how it's going to be, but uh, who knows? Maybe if we watch it, we'll tack something here on the end of this podcast, but. Uh, any James, any final thoughts before we uh, we wrap up uh, season one of episode? Uh, excuse me, episode one of season three. I'll just give my prediction of how I think Wednesday night will go. Listen, if I'm a betting man, I bet Washington. I think there's a lot of hype behind the Rangers right now. That kind of scares me. But as a Ranger fan and seeing what the the Washington Capitals have gone through over this off season, the things that they're battling, some of the injuries and and some of the uh, the personnel that they have in this lineup, I really do think we match up well against them. And there's a lot to be confident of uh, being a New York Rangers fan against Washington game one. Obviously, the NHL knew what they were doing in setting the tone very early with a kind of a revenge game for the New York Rangers after you know the Wilson incident last year. But I really do think that the Rangers hopefully have a, a tunnel vision, right? And they're focused on just you know, being consistent, playing their game, and finally starting an identity for themselves because you know these kids need to step in the right direction. They don't need to get distracted with some of the antics that happen, uh, you know, between the whistles or in between the whistles. Depends on how you look at it. I guess everything's in between the whistles, but um, you know, it's just important for these young kids to get off to a a good solid start. And, you know, kind of build off of that. And I do think game one, even if Kravtsov, if that's just a, you know, a financial move or just a, a, a more of a roster structure move, I should say, 
I really do think it's important to get as many NHL ready bodies, uh, heavier bodies, players that don't mind playing a little bit more physical. I know Nils is out. It's just, you know, I, I think they made a really good decision, especially with a back-to-back game. You know, you can always change things up against a, a very different Dallas Stars team. So uh, my prediction, Rangers win 4-1. Oh, I love it. And like you I think you said it uh, perfectly in that, even though it's that everything's been made about them, they're going to get their revenge on Tom Wilson. I think the refs are going to be looking out for this to turn into a shit show just in case. So they might be calling things pretty close and, and call, you know, they might be, so you don't want to get yourself in penalty trouble doing something stupid. So you can forecheck and you can be heavy on teams. And even after the whistle scrums and things, but just, you, you have to be stay disciplined. And I'm, I'm specifically talking to players like, uh, Blay and Gautier who, you know, it, that's kind of, they, they're on the line and that's why they're successful. But at the same time, they can get themselves in penalty corrupt trouble. So control your sticks. You know, uh, I assume Ovechkin's out, but still, there's you know they still have weapons on that team, and don't lose. You know, don't don't lose the game for your for yourselves. You know, it's one thing if you get beat, but don't don't make it easier for them. You know what I mean? Because I think if they just, just try to maintain their new identity and let their skill give their skill guys uh, the space to do what they do, I think the Rangers, like you said, can win. So uh, I actually I'm going to say three one, but I still think the Rangers can take it. So hopefully they do. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.